You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Hey, and welcome everybody to our Clear Creek Resources Podcast. My name is Aaron Lutz. I'm guest hosting a little bit this summer, but I wanna thank you for listening today. Hey, at Clear Creek, we exist to lead unchurched people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And one of the primary ways we do that is through growing together in small group. So we're gonna take some time to talk about the importance of small group and maybe some obstacles that stand in people's way from signing up to group or maybe even to leading a group. Well, today I'm excited to sit down with my friend and one of my favorite people on staff, Rachel (laughs) Fisher. Thanks for jumping in today. That's so kind. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah. Well, intro, uh, Rachel, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Tell us your story for those that don't know you. Tell us about your role on staff, why we're talking small groups, and how you got here. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, Just first question. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I'm the small groups associate. That's my role. Uh, Carl Garcia is the small groups director. Uh, And then we actually have two other staff people um, who serve in small groups, and then we have a team of volunteers who supports us. So Big team, super excited to be on it. Um, A lot of people who see the value in community and discipleship, and they're just fully aware um, of the messiness, Mm -hmm. and they still value it. So I'm really grateful to do this job. Uh, So how I got here. So I grew up um, very moral. I would have called myself a Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to church all the time. I was in the youth group. I grew up in Ohio in a small town. Um, in but got retrospect, to Texas as fast as you could. Right? I, well, <laughs> I, I think since they're recording me, yes, <laughs> yes I got right. to Texas. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Um, so, in retrospect, surely no relationship with Jesus. Okay. No, you know, nothing uh, meaningful in terms of you know letting him be my Lord and my Savior. Um, I went to college in Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, aerospace engineering at the University of Cincinnati. Go Bearcats! Um, go Bearcats! Yeah, with the C. No, uh-huh. Okay, yeah. Um, so while I was in college in the engineering program, you're required to do an internship. And so I applied, of course, to the internship of all internships. If you're an aerospace engineer, NASA. Sure. Um, I got the job. It shocked me for sure. Yeah. I was not the smartest person who applied for that job. I can see God's hand in it yeah. now for sure in retrospect. Um, so I moved here uh, and I just kind of moved back and forth during school. I would work for a semester and then I'd go back to school and cool. back and forth. While I was here in Houston, uh, one of my good friends invited me to a Bible study at Tommy and Karen Rawson's house cool. in Nassau Bay. Uh, a bunch of you know college students and, and early post-college type stu- uh, people just getting together to talk about the Bible. And, and I thought, well, sure, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm going to mm. go to Bible study. Uh, so I did um, for a couple years yeah. while I was uh, while, when I was living here. Uh, and then I graduated and I moved here, like legit moved my life, pack up all my stuff. There was no, you know, I'll go back in eight okay. weeks or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so the responsible adult thing to do when you move somewhere, you're like making yourself a new life as an adult, <laughs> is to find a church, right? Because yeah. you're a Christian and so you should be a, tar- a part of a church. Um, I had never stepped foot inside of Clear Creek Community Church during the time that I was an intern. I grew up in a small church, okay. and the idea of this, you know, ginormous building uh, where surely they didn't sing out of their hymnals, uh. you know, just super scary to me. Uh, so I didn't. But I started going that summer after I moved. I came here to the Egret Bay campus, um, and I mean, just met Jesus for real <laughs> that summer right away. Like God just very quickly. Uh, revealed to me the truth of grace, which was a relief. Mm. Um, I had spent 
the rest of my life before that really trying to earn love and value and uh, trying to get that from the things that I did. And so, you know, maybe grace was shared with me when I was younger and it didn't stick. I I don't know, honestly. Um, But I heard about grace, really heard about grace for the first time here. Um, So came to Saving Faith. uh, Fast forward a couple of years. Um, I'm a navigator, so I lead a small group at the time. I'm also a group guide, which is someone who leads navigators, so I'm getting to spend time with other navigators and pour into them and serve them and things like that. And because of that job, I'm in a meeting with Carl sitting in his office. The East 96 campus is about to launch, um, and I say to him, hey, you know, if ever there's something you think that I could do around here, like I would be open to that. So, you know, just keep me in mind. I know we're going to launch a new campus. Maybe mm-hmm. there's going to be things. I don't know. Really just putting the idea out there, you know, nothing intentional for sure. Um, and he said, well, actually, like the lady who helps me with small groups is leaving and mm-hmm. nobody knows. Do you think you could do that? And I was like, oh, like I meant like in the future, yeah. you know, is yeah. that something I could do in the future? I had just gotten married. It was so funny that my husband and I uh, had made all these like just tough decisions around planning a wedding and stuff like that and moving in together and all that stuff. And we were like, yes, we're not going to make any more like hard life decisions for a while. And then it was like, no, like maybe we're going to talk about leaving your career yeah, at to NASA. NASA. Right. To come where, to like, Community Church. You're in charge of these projects like worth billions of dollars yeah. and making equipment for the space station, like life saving equipment for the space station. I had just gotten this early career achievement medal mm. at NASA. So I was, I mean, I was well respected and yep. well liked there. And I liked the work. Um, but honestly, I prayed about it. My husband prayed about it. We spent some time uh, separately and together. And it was like, yeah, I would leave all of that in a heartbeat to work mm. with navigators. Yeah. Like, I just think that they are that awesome. Yeah. And so I said, yes. That's and awesome. Now I work at Clear Creek Community Church and not NASA. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. so you really came to faith through being connected in a small group, then came to the church, then started to be really, really passionate about other people having similar experience to you. Right? Yes. So we talked earlier about leading unchurched people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ and small group playing a really strategic role in that for us, uh, making that happen really for almost 30 years now at, at Clear Creek. So why is that? Why is small groups the primary way we go about that mission? Like, are there other strategies that we use or why is small group the most important? Oh yeah. Good question. Um, small group can be an entry point to faith. Like that's my story is that that's, that's how I really came to community and then, you know, the church in the sense of like a Sunday worship service and then true saving faith, um, was through small group as my first step. So it can do that. I'm not the only person whose story begins with, you know, someone invited me to a small group. Um, so it's an entry point for sure. Um, I think when I think about small group, I think teaching on Sunday, being a campus pastor and sharing the word of of God, and um, that is something that anyone on the street would tell you, like, yeah, that's an important part of being a churchgoer. Like, Mm -hmm. if if you go to a Sunday service, then you go to church. Like, I would... And, and that's important. What sure. you do is so important. I'm so glad that you <laughs> and everybody else does it. That's not something I could do. I'm so grateful. Um, but I would argue that small group is just as important yeah. as attending a Sunday worship service or a Wednesday worship service. I think um, we talk about it. This isn't ours, but we talk about it this way. Uh, Sunday worship service, Wednesday worship service, that's rows. Mm. Small group is circles, and we're asking people when we're asking them to join small groups to move from rows to circles Um, because there are things you can get in the circle that you can't get in the row. I have a a list here that I'm excited to share with you. So um, first, 
personalized encouragement. Mm. Um, it doesn't matter how great the teacher is on Sunday morning. You don't know what's going on in my life right. while I'm sitting there. You don't know the specific word that could be said to really show that you see where I am and, mm-hmm. and that God is with me in it. And teaching can do that for sure. The Holy Spirit can do that, the, but we can't do it individually. <laughs> right? Yes, yeah. right, yeah. yeah. That happens in circles, yeah. right? You can honestly mm-hmm. share the way it is that you're struggling and someone can, can through the Holy Spirit, give you a word from the Lord that's yeah. encouraging to you. So that happens in circles. You have the opportunity to be known mm-hmm. when you're in circles. You don't know anything about me standing mm-hmm. on the stage, you know. Maybe you can see me and you know what kind of shirt I'm wearing or whatever, <laughs> but me- meaningful things about me, okay. um, how I came to where I am, what I'm struggling with right now. Um, just you have to do that in smaller settings of circles. That's yeah, where you... a depth that comes for being in a circle as opposed to a row, right? We can know exactly. some things, but we can't know all things that you can in a small group. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so you get to interact with the scriptures with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a, an engagement factor in, in reading the word and reading it together. Um, my small group right now is in first Kings and you know, every week someone's like, Hey, I saw this and it was mm-hmm. funny or I had a question about this or that's just not something I get, yeah. you know, anywhere other than small group because we're engaging in it right. together. Um, you get to do like life together. Mm-hmm. So it's not just an hour and a half, you know, Monday night or whatever at someone's house, but you get to form the kinds of relationships where you can text people throughout the week and tell them, you know, hey, this is happening. Um, you can celebrate together. It's really mm-hmm. beautiful, you know, to have shared joy and you can grieve together. Uh, you can divide your sorrows when you're doing small group. Um, confession is something mm-hmm. that, you know, you can't do on Sunday morning that can happen in small group. Um, so there's just, there are a lot of unique pieces that you can do in small group that just, you're not afforded the opportunity to do them really in any other setting. Yep. Yeah, that's good. So we talk about small group as a place that you can know and be known, love and be loved, serve and be served, right? So, and and it really is. I think that kind of community is life-changing for people. I can point to several people in my life that their story was dramatically changed because they connected in a small group at the right time, that God led them to that, all those kind of things. Uh, But what if if I'm in a group and that's not been my experience? Like, man, I don't feel loved or I don't feel known or like I'm, I'm trying to serve, but I don't feel served. Like, what would you say to people that haven't had that life-changing experience in community? Yeah. Uh, first, you're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's not something uniquely broken about you. Yeah. Everybody else in small group is having the best day of their life, yeah. and, you know, you're the only one experiencing it that way. Uh, so you're not alone. Um, I would encourage you to assess, you know, am I allowing myself to be known, right? I said one of the things you you have the opportunity to be known in small group. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're going to be known. Sure. Those are not, you know, it's it's not I show up and I sign my name on a paper or I knock on a door or I sit yeah. on a living room couch or whatever and I'm known, like, yeah. magically. Uh, you have to lean in. You mm-hmm. have to uh, be vulnerable. I, I say to people, you're going to get out of group what you put into sure. group. And so if your experience, and I'm not saying this to shame anybody, I'm sure there are people who are putting things into group that Mm -hmm. are not, you know, getting back what they've put in. But I think in many cases, my encouragement would be, you know, lean in or, you know, say something to your navigator. They're they're a sinner fumbling around in the dark, same as you. And, you know, we put them through through some training and stuff like that, but Mm -hmm. they are by no means perfect. So say to your navigator, you know, I I feel like this is a barrier for me. You, you know, you call on me and I can't imagine being called Mm -hmm. on or whatever. I would just prefer that you didn't. If I have something to say, I'm going to share it. You know, whatever that is, 
that is really kind of between you and having that group experience where you're known and loved and seen and yeah. served. Try and try and work your way around that, not by yourself. Mm-hmm. Get your navigator involved. Do that together. Um, but it can be that yep. for a lot of people. Yeah. So you said a statement earlier about the small groups team. It's people that are willing to kind of embrace the mess, right? Because yeah. like where there are people, there are problems. They can get a little messy. And like yeah. relationships are messy because people are messy. And so I, I think your encouragement is good. Lean in. But like just know like there's a certain chemistry in any kind of relationship that's marred by sin that's going to make it a little bit messy. And so um, sometimes I want to challenge people like, well, look across the groups you've been in. Are all of them bad? Like what's the common denominator in that <laughs> group, you know? <laughs> and so like, how do we grow yeah. individually, but yeah. then also like giving people a lot of grace and like, man, you've got mess. I've got mess. Like how do we be known and loved and served even though we're messy people? Man, you yes. Know? If you are getting into a small group and you're thinking, man, these people are going to love me perfectly yeah. all the time and no toes are going to get stepped on. Mm-hmm. And I'm never going to feel like, you know, maybe I said something stupid. That please, that's a terrible expectation. Right. That's not. It's a group of sinners, yep. right? But we're all walking together, hopefully, in the same direction. Yep. So. so we've hit on some of this already, but like people have some legitimate obstacles to joining a small group, right? Like I'm afraid it's going to be messy, or like I'm afraid to walk into a house that I've never been in before. Like, what are some of the most common objections or obstacles you think people have, and how are we trying to address those for people? Yeah, good question. Um, I'm going to use my husband as an example first. Nate's awesome. (laughs) He's wonderful. Mm -hmm. So grateful for him. Um, His obstacle when he first joined a small group, we weren't even dating. We were just friends. I remember we were in the lobby and he was, you know, trying to figure out which small group he was going to join, looking at the list and stuff. And his his objection is probably the number one objection that I hear. And he said, you know, I got volleyball on Monday night at the Gilruth, mm. and then I got volleyball on Tuesday night at the gym, mm. and then on Thursday night I got open gym for the volleyball, and I really need to go to open gym because that makes me better at volleyball on Monday night. And, Monday, and you know, and I was like, busy man, yeah. And I was like, dude, too much volleyball. Yeah. This is what you have to do. Yeah. Small group is worth mm. making space in your busy schedule. Yeah once a week yeah. for an hour and a half, two hours, and not not just at first, right? Don't just make space and go to group link and get signed up for a group mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, Monday night is my thing. Protect that, yeah. right? This is something, it is an easy way to pull followers off the path towards becoming more like Jesus to just distract them mm-hmm. with good things, right? right? I, I would struggle to say that anybody who is very busy schedule is full of bad things. Sure. You know, they're like actively thinking, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. Right. We have filled our time with good things, but it is worth it to make time mm-hmm. for small group. That's the number one objection that I hear. I just don't have enough time for we that. We can talk about some more of those, but that is huge. Like I, we've said this before, uh, every person I know is the busiest person I know right? We're going to fill our schedule regardless of what that thing is. But it's like, what stones do I have to take out of that bucket to be able to make space for group? And what you're saying is it's worth it to take some of those things off your plate. It's worth it. It is a hundred percent worth it. Um, Just, I mean, just do it. And, you know, when we, so one of the main ways we get people connected into small group is group link. Um, During that time when group link is happening, there are always volunteers available um, or really anybody that you get a small groups email from would love to Mm -hmm. talk to you about group. And they, I mean, I I would be happy to talk you through, I got Monday night volleyball and Tuesday, (laughs) you know, like I would be happy to help you figure out what is it that thing that maybe could come off of my schedule because it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy, but from the outside, it might be easier for me to see, oh, you play volleyball three nights a week. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what we could take out. 
So one of the things we try and bridge that gap for people is like, okay, there's a variety of groups. Here's the nights that they meet. Here's the locations that they're in. But we can't make that for everybody, right? Like I want a women's small group from this age to this age that meets on Saturday mornings from 9 a.m. Because that's the only window that I've got. You know, right. like we're going to help you, but we can't address all of those obstacles for everybody. Right? Yes, totally. And I wish that we could. Yeah. Honestly, I get those kinds of emails. You know, mm-hmm. I'm only available every other Saturday for an hour and it has to be within a, a mile of my house or whatever. I wish I had that group for you. I would yeah. give it to you in a heartbeat. It is worth it for me, to me, for you to be in, in some kind of small group. But it's it's a it's a give and take. Right. You gotta you gotta work with me and what's available. And honestly, this is a good thing to talk about. The reason that I don't have a small group from nine to ten on Saturday, every other Saturday within a mile of your house is because all of our small groups are led by volunteers. Right. So we open space in small group as we have space available. And we encourage navigators to create more space. Like there's lots of things we do behind the scenes that you would probably never see Mm -hmm. if you're just joining a group. So we're always trying to make more space for people. We're always trying to have groups that people can join. But we're never going to have everything you could always want. So it's, yeah, you'll have to work with us to find the right one. So outside of busyness, what's another obstacle you hear a lot? And how are we trying to address that for people, get people connected? Uh, I don't know enough about the Bible. What if I ask a stupid question? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Rachel Fisher, I don't know enough about the Bible. What if I ask a stupid question? Yeah. That's just not a reason not to be in small group. Um, you know, if you knew everything there was to know about the Bible, then, you know, I got some questions for you. Yeah. Um, but if if even just like a regular small group would make you uncomfortable, we have this really great thing called Starting Point. Right. Um, we market it generally towards people who are either kind of like new in their faith or new in the church or uh, maybe coming back to church after mm-hmm. a long hiatus or just checking things out. And and starting point is great for that. But the honest truth is it's great for anybody. Mm -hmm. So if you want to dip your toes into a discussion-based community where you're, um, you know, engaging in the scriptures together, starting point's a great way to do that. And it's only an eight-week commitment, Mm -hmm. you know, so you can do it. You can see what it's like. You can assess, you know, is this something I can start to get over? And then you could join, you know, more of a long-term small group. We have those, like, during the services at every campus. Mm -hmm. So childcare is provided. You know where it is. You know, you don't have to knock on some strange person's door. Starting point is a great um, entry point for just, I don't know anything about the Bible. I think the next most common one I hear is, I don't know anything about small group. Mm. Like, I don't know what to expect at a small group. Um, I was just texting with a woman uh, like two weeks ago. A navigator had found her in the lobby. She's someone's friend. And and, uh, she said, hey, you know, they said you could help me get into a small group. And so I was talking with her and I I thought I had probably found the right fit for her. And so I said, you know, I'll get back to you. And she said, great. But when when I get like signed up, I'm going to need a lot more guidance guidance. Mm. And I said, okay, uh, you know, I need you to tell me what you mean by that because I don't want to give you Rachel's version of guidance when that's, you know, not really what you're asking for. And she said, well, I'm just unfamiliar. I don't really know what to expect at small group. And it was so easy. I texted her back and I said, all of us went to small group for the first time once. That's good. So, you know, it's not a unique experience that you're having to be fearful to knock on that door or to to make a new friend or just to show up. We all had a first time once, mm-hmm. and you know, all of us were scared for one reason sure. or another. Um, so I think just normalizing that for people helps with that a lot. Um, and then the last one I see a lot of is just comfort, yeah. right? Uh, we don't want to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. We you know we don't really want people to see how sinful we are because we're aware, yeah. you know, of of the things things that are just terrible, that are true of us. Um, And so 
a couple things to say about that. We have something called good group habits, which we really ask all groups to honor. Yeah. This is something you wouldn't know about unless you were in a small group. Um, it's that there are a couple of really good ones. It talks about you know not talking too much, giving everyone the space to share so that you can be seen if you're the quieter person. Um, and, and then there's one that says like, we all have feelings and it's like dot, 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 even men uh-huh. or something like that. It's very clever. And it, you know, it just says like, hey, you know, you, when you're sharing something or doing something hard for the first time or just something you are unfamiliar with, whatever, you're going to need some grace, right? You're going to need people to meet you in that and say, hey, Aaron, I know that was hard for you. Thanks so much. And so what you have to do is offer that grace to others. You know, you have to remember that there's not a person in there who um, is just ready for your brash answer or whatever all the time. Um, So what I think we try and do, and I think we do a pretty decent job of this is we try to create a space where you're safe Mm -hmm. okay so you can share the hard thing Uh, and we do that by first you have a leader right there is someone who we have designated who is in charge right so when things get messy and you know apologies need to happen and things like that there is a person who is responsible for that so it's not like hey will that ever happen no that is the navigator's job to make sure you know that there is repentance and Mm -hmm. grace between each other Um, and then Something that I see just happen a lot, which I feel like creates that safety for people, is all of our navigators are also struggling with something. Mm-hmm. They're all also sinners yeah. who you know are are wrestling with an ugly part of themselves. And so when our leaders are vulnerable mm-hmm. and they say, "You know, this is what's going on with me." then it creates that safety because you're not thinking, oh, I'm the only one who's going through this. Yeah. You're seeing, no, I'm I'm just, we're all the same. We're all sinners. Mm-hmm. So That's good. what do you, uh, because you have worked with small groups. So like, is there one I missed you think? So we talked about time, knowledge, uh, just, you know, you don't yeah. want to be seen or like. I think sometimes just the logistics is an obstacle for people. It's like, man, yeah. I have the desire. I don't know how to join a group. Like, what am I supposed to do? Right. Yeah. So we have an, a connection event you described called Group Link. Uh, that we do three times a year, um, but I would encourage people if you're if you have a desire to connect in small group and you're not currently in one, stop by New to Creek, even if it's like between those group link experiences. So we do one, we have one coming up in September. We do one kind of the start of the semesters, right, and then yeah. one in the spring. But if it's in between that time, stop by New to Creek. Those volunteers are equipped to help you take next steps in any area. Small group being one of those, and different campuses have different ways to do that, right? It's like well, maybe small group or starting points the the first step for you, or right. we have different kind of small groups called new to Creek groups where it's like, you can join this group for a little bit until we can get connected in this one, or they know where there's empty spots and groups that are open and we can help you with that. So I think sometimes just a logistics issue for some people. Yeah. 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 Well, and I would say to that, you know, regardless of what campus you go to or exactly how that's done, knowing the people who you would get to talk to in that, they are all enthusiastic about small group. So if there is a group to be had for you, they will help you find it. You know, they want you to be in group as much as you want to be in group. Yep. Yep. Hey, one of the things you said uh, is that anyone who's currently leading a group has already been in a group before, yeah. right? So uh, let's talk about this for a second. We, we call our small group leaders navigators at Clear Creek. So you've used that phrase a couple of times. Why do we call them that as opposed to small group leaders or something else? And we'll come back to the question about, about group leading. Yeah. So we're really trying to, for the navigator and for the people in the group, we're trying to show them um, that we're not asking you to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, this is not about exposition. This is not about, you know, preparing a sermon every right. week or things like that. You don't that. have to have a PowerPoint slides. You know, no, no PowerPoints. Oh, I hope there are no PowerPoints <laughs> in any of our small groups. Uh, oh, man, I said that, and we did like a funny test one time or like a quiz one time in a PowerPoint. That's funny. Um, yeah, the, the navigator, the small group leader should be walking alongside mm-hmm. of the people in their group, right? So you're a leader for sure. It is a leadership job. We're not right. going to make you know any distinctions about that. We're asking you to do something different than everybody else in the group, but not to be the savior, mm-hmm. not to be you know the person who has all the answers. We're asking you to help them navigate. Right. I mean, it makes sense, right? right. Navigate People's spiritual journeys together. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, alongside them. Yeah. You're navigating the conversation. You're navigating that group of people that God has given you in this season, uh, but you're not the Bible study leader of that group or the teacher, for example. Yeah. 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 That's good. All right. So anybody who's in group uh, or anybody who's leading a group as a navigator has already been in group before. So what kind of... Um, I'm curious, like your first experience, how did you how did you make that step going from group <laughs> member to group leader? What did that look like for you? Yeah. So I think we're calling this, I could never lead a small group. I could never oh, lead yeah, a small group. I think the that's the title. Great. So yeah, here we go. Yeah. I could never lead a small group is yeah. what I said. You know? <laughs> um, so 2010, 2011, a while ago, um, Carrie Taylor is my navigator mm. and uh, I loved her deeply. She was sweet and gentle and encouraging in a, in a soft way in exactly the way I needed at that time in yeah. my spiritual growth. Um, and I remember sometimes shortly after we were reading Acts. So we're reading Acts um, and I mean, I'm enjoying it. it. A lot of it is maybe stories I heard growing up in church or things like that, but there are for sure also a lot of contextual things that I'm not understanding as we're reading through it. So, you know, the Bible is written for us, mm. but not to us. Right. And so we have to put ourselves in the shoes of those who it was written to, mm-hmm. to be able to understand it. Um, and so I can, I'll like never forget this will always be burned into my mind. I remember like having the boldness in group one week to be like, okay, we've been talking about these people a lot called the Sanhedrin. Mm. Who is that? Mm. Because it sounds like they're important. Jesus is upset <laughs> at them about something, you know, and, and, and if I could figure out who they are, then maybe uh-huh. I would figure out why he's upset or what, what kind of a big deal this is. And it was really honestly not long after that that she was like, you know, I think that you could be a navigator. And I was like, did you hear my question? <laughs> you know, like, no, I don't, you know, this may be the first time I've actually read Acts, not mm. in a children's Bible. Mm. So, um, you know, I was sure I was not equipped. I think, you know, looking back, she saw in me things that I didn't see in myself that are things that, you know, now I'm looking for yeah. in a next navigator and I'm training navigators to look for in their next navigator. So it was there definitely not visible to me. Um, she actually moved super sad. Um, she moved and I joined another group, but I'll never forget it. Group link. Um, you know, I had like kind of like finally wrapped my brain around like, okay, maybe I'll do this navigator thing. We'll Mm -hmm. see, but I definitely would want someone to like show me how. So I'm at group link and I walk up to this woman whose group is the day that works for me. Mm -hmm. I'm the same as everybody else, right? I got to fit this in my schedule. Uh, and I was like, Hey, so my last small group leader said that maybe like I could be a navigator. Do you think that like you could do like the training with me or something? Mm -hmm. And she was like, you stand right here next to me and you don't talk to anybody else. (laughs) Because, (laughs) right. Yeah. yeah, Because like the, the value of someone who's saying I want to grow in that way was just so, um, apparent to her that she was like, yeah, let's, let's figure out how to do that. So I went through the training. I also did something called the leadership development program, Mm -hmm. which we offer here. Um, and that was huge for me. Um, I'm like a 
type A personality. Mm-hmm. So I had all kinds of leadership training growing up. I was in leadership this and leadership yep. that, whatever. And it was all very helpful. But when I came to Clear Creek was the first time that we talked about my strengths and my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just like a permission slip to have weaknesses right. and to do those things. Yeah. It was like the first time that someone challenged me and said, hey, your weaknesses are hurting, you know, your witness are hurting mm-hmm. the the ministry that God has for you to do. And so those are things you need to spend some time working on improving with yeah. the Holy Spirit. Obviously, you can't change yourself. But it was like, oh, I'm not just supposed to like live into my strengths mm-hmm. and be like unapologetic about my weaknesses. <laughs> right. Um, so that was huge for me. So I had started a leading group shortly after that. I've led four groups. I wrote it down. This is my fourth cool. women's group to be in. We're about to wrap up at the end of the year. Um, I just super love it. In that's case awesome. that's not apparent. <laughs> that's awesome. So uh, when you asked that question about the Sanhedrin, uh, yeah. your small group leader saw like, hey, this person is willing to engage, willing to ask good questions, willing to help other people engage in the study. Uh, but it, like you said earlier, it doesn't have to be like you have to know the most in order to lead people. Like we want you to know enough, but not know the most in order to lead. So yeah. we talked about obstacles that maybe people have for joining a group. Yeah. Uh, but I think there are people in group that are like, man, like, I can't ever lead a group. So what are some of those obstacles that you hear for people think that, like, man, I could never do this? Okay, so number one, act all surprised. Leaders are also busy, yeah. <laughs> okay? That's good. You know, I spend uh, time talking to people wanting to be navigators about, you know, how they're going to rearrange their lives around this. I was just talking to someone uh, last week who said, you know, I serve in this other way in the church. And so I have this commitment that interferes with like a weekly small group. How do I make this work together? Mm -hmm. So time for sure. Still a barrier for navigators. Um, I think it's an easier barrier to get over because that by then you've been in the group and you see the value of making time. But it still exists. It's still something they have to do purposefully. Um, also, I mean, we talked about knowledge level navigators are saying all the time, you know, I don't know enough. Yeah. Me either. Mm. I I am never the smartest person on the Bible in my small group. I have not found that to be the experience. And I'm so grateful that God continues to give me Mm. a woman or women in the group that I'm in who know more about me. So I can be like, yeah, what do you think about that? (laughs) You know, because I don't have the answer. Um, and then I think the other, um, barrier that we see sometimes is just, and it's going to sound harsh, but obedience. Mm. We have a, a very important list of expectations, Mm. um, that we, that are, you know, fruit that we expect to see in people's lives, ways we expect you to conduct yourself if you're a navigator. Um, and I, I think it's really important that we have those. You are in essence, not in essence, you are shepherding some of God's people Mm -hmm. that Jesus bought with his blood Mm -hmm. into his family. And so I'm not just going to let anybody do that, Mm -hmm. right? If you want to do that, and it is a great privilege and it's hard, but you have to have obedience in your life to um, God's lordship in lots of ways. And so that is something that we come up against as, you know, we're asking people to come into leadership. There are some who just aren't in that place at that time to say, yes, I can be obedient in this way that, you know, now now that I'm looking at the navigator expectations, you know, I don't feel like I'm particularly obedient here. Mm -hmm. And just right now, I'm not willing to conquer that. 
doesn't mean you can't be later, yeah. but uh, that's definitely an obstacle. Yeah, so we talk about a lot around like God has entrusted us with a certain group of people, right? So our elders used to like make their hands into a bowl and say, all right, God has given us Clear Creek Community Church, right. and now we're giving some of them to you and entrusting you with what we're going to be held accountable for and answering right. to God for how we stewarded these people, right? right? So that's a weighty responsibility. Yeah. And I think some people feel that weight, like, man, I could never do that. And we need to encourage people to like, no, look, God can equip you to the oh, calling yeah. that he's given on your life to yeah. be a leadership role. Uh, but because that's such a weighty role, to your point, like we have expectations and leadership conversations about like, look, you, you're going to disciple people to where you are. And so we've got to entrust that you are strong enough of a disciple to disciple others, right? You're an yeah. under shepherd. You're, you're a yeah. shepherd that has another <laughs> I shepherd. Love that. Yeah. And so we want to make sure you're following Jesus, that people, when they follow you, they're following Jesus with you. Yep. Right? Yep. Uh, so that can be an obstacle, but we want to encourage and grow people to get them to the place where they can Yes. Actually do that, right? Well, and so one more thing on that note, because obedience is a big word, and yeah. you know what we're talking about right now is really heavy. Please hear me say, I am not saying the navigators are holy, yeah. <laughs> like in and of themselves, they yeah. they are not holy. They, I've said this many times, they're sinners too. True. But we're asking for you know uh, an attitude of the heart mm-hmm. of submission and obedience to these things that we've seen Jesus yeah. call us to. So yeah. that's what we're looking for. Connected to this idea, like uh, I know this because you and I worked together in small groups for a while, but what are the ways that we uh, provide support for navigators? What are the ways we do training for navigators? Or is it, man, is it just baptism by fire? Like, go do your thing. We'll, <laughs> Here's we'll your sit people. Back and watch, you know? <laughs> Teach them the Bible. Yeah, no, how, no. how do we just support people? Yeah. Um, so there's a rigorous training program. And I say rigorous, uh, and I guess more what I should say is there's like a well thought out, a structured training program. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's, it's strategic. It's not particularly difficult or anything like that. Um, every, uh, person who comes to us and says, I want to lead a Clear Creek community tr- small group, we say, great. There's required theological training. There's mm-hmm. a book that every single navigator reads to get you on the same page as us, Clear yep. Creek, um, in essential beliefs yep. so that we make sure that um, you believe what we believe and you're going to lead other people in that and way. And we can link to that. So what is the resource that we do that? Yeah, so it's called Christian Beliefs, yep. uh, 20 Basic Beliefs, something like that is like the subtitle. It is a... Um, a condensed version mm-hmm. of Systematic Theology by Wayne Grudem. Yep. So, so Grudem's the author. Yeah. Yep, we'll link yeah. that. If ever you see like that big, like 600-page text- <laughs> textbook or whatever, no, there is a 200-page version Very of it, condensed. you know, which is yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, so everybody gets theological training. Everybody gets some practical training. Mm-hmm. It's really an apprenticeship model. Yep. So we're hoping that you will lead the small group that you're in when you're training um, and just kind of get that under your belt. And then your navigator will come alongside you and say, hey, you know, did did you know tonight you cut Tommy off? He wasn't mm. done or, mm. you know, um, you answered the question right away and you really need to give people some more space yeah. to answer before you jump in, things like that. So yeah. real practical training. Um, and then everybody gets personalized training. Mm-hmm. So um, we help you to identify areas that you yourself wanting to be a navigator are a little weak in, you know, things that we can strengthen you in. Mm -hmm. Um, And we give you the associated training. So instead of just like throwing a bunch of books at you and being like, you need to be good at this and this and this, and just like making you read a bunch of stuff, we say, okay, what are the areas that like you feel you need to grow before you can be leading other people? And then we have the resources for that. So yeah, we have a, 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 not rigorous. Why can I not think of another <laughs> word? We have a good training program yeah. that is like well thought, well thought out. out, well planned, strategic. Yeah. So we do that for uh, incoming navigators, and we have ongoing training as well. Yeah. Like a couple times a year, these huddles. We do a big nav retreat. Nav retreat. Um, yeah. It's one of our <laughs> really is one of our favorite events of the year to get yeah. these leaders that are carrying the weight of discipling God's people all together in the same room, encourage each other. But also, there's an aspect of training. Yeah. Uh, that comes with that as well. Yeah. 
Cool. Um, all right, let's do this. Uh, what's the most important characteristic of a navigator at Clear Creek? Oh man, this is because it's like, what's the one, right? Yeah. We have one. we have kind of four that we tell navigators to look for in their navigators and training. So I'm going to give you those and then just tell you All like right. which one. <laughs> which um, one's the most important of those yeah. four? Well, yeah, I'm going to write my own. <laughs> this one's the most important. So there's four that we talk about. We talk about character. So you're a growing follower of Jesus. Yeah. We talk about competence, which just means you're teachable, mm-hmm. right? You're uh, not boreheaded. You have a certain humility to you. You know, you, you can see that you're a sinner in need mm-hmm. of saving grace. Um, um, chemistry that you engage with people. We've talked about this, that the role of navigator is like a facilitator, someone right. who's trying to keep the conversation and going and really not someone who's answering questions really as much as someone who's trying to get you to figure out that you already know the answer, yeah. you know, and just yeah. walk you through it. So chemistry. And then the last one is culture, just someone who's aligned with uh, the strategy of Clear Creek. And, you know, the fact that this is our primary method yeah. of discipleship uh, is in small group. I think looking at these four, I think they're all great. But honestly, I think, I feel like um, character is a given. Like if, mm. if you're not following Jesus, then, yeah. you know, why are you yeah. applying? So really, I think competence, the, the willingness, the teachableness, um, the humility that is required because there is no navigator who has arrived. Yeah. You know, that's just not true. And so, and honestly, that's what I'm looking for. Mm. I get to have these really great meetings with people who want to be navigators and talk them through the training and get to know them a little bit better. And that is a red flag for me. You know, if you think that you are already the greatest navigator that ever lived and you know all the Bible verses and stuff like that, then I might pump the brakes on you a little bit because I need you to see that we're not, you know, marching along behind you. Mm. We're walking together. And yeah. sure, you're leading. That's yeah. fine. But Jesus is leading you. Yeah. You're not so, your shepherd. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to start using that. I love that. So I would say competence Good. or teachableness. Good. Well, hey, let's finish with this as we wrap up. What's the best part of navigating a, sm- a small group at Clear Creek? So you've done it four, four or five times oh, now, yeah. different groups. What's yeah. the best part of leading? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is... Married, I have two kids, mm-hmm. love my husband, love my kids. It's extremely rewarding to be a wife and a mother. It is like right on par, mm-hmm. you know, with the idea of being an under shepherd, mm-hmm. of, of walking alongside of other people who are trying to bumble around in the darkness of this broken world and find how it is that Jesus would have them live um, in in all the ways that we talk about, right? Yeah. In in listening and believing, in loving, serving, uh, in going and multiplying. That's not right. Repent and believe, <laughs> listen and obey, love and serve, sure. go and multiply. Yeah. I mean, all of those things and seeing people grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, like there's a reason that we don't have to pay navigators mm-hmm. and they are volunteers yeah. because it is so sweet. I think um, amongst the stories of seeing people grow, There are so many that I could tell. One of the sweetest to me is inviting a friend of mine who I had worked with at NASA um, to small group. And, you know, I was super easy on her. I said, hey, I want you to come for a little bit. Check us out. If this is not your jam, you can excuse yourself. That's fine. No big deal. Um, And she did. And she stayed. And just listening, quiet, you know, not particularly like I wouldn't have told you like, yeah, I can see, you know, tangible growth in her life. But definitely observing, taking things in. And then one day at the end of small group, we're like just going around sharing what's going on with those prayer requests. And very quietly, you know, when it's her turn, she says, um, I have an announcement. I have decided to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So awesome. I think I'm going to need to get baptized. <laughs> and I was like, 
I mean, like throw a party, everybody. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, like play cool, Rachel. Mm. Like, but I got to baptize awesome. her. Yeah. You know, I will spend eternity mm. in God's kingdom with this woman who I have always loved dearly, yeah. because I made the ask and because she leaned in and because God is powerful to save. Yeah. And. Getting to do that is something that I will probably participate in for the rest of my life That's because awesome. I want her to be the first story, right. right? Of stories that I get to tell like that. So That's it's awesome. hard, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Well, Rachel, thanks for joining on the podcast today. I really, really appreciate not only your passion, not just your experience, but your heart for other people to enjoy small group as well. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Again, I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us today.